African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. A very good morning to you on this Monday and uh, welcome to yet another interactive installment of African Dialogue uh, with me, Asanda Matsaunyane, today. You tuned into Channel Africa from an African perspective and we're currently on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Also coming to you via DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 802. So thanks for joining us. In 1981, at a women's conference, in the Angolan capital of Luanda, Oliver Reginald Tambo, as an advocate for gender equality, said, The mobilization of the people into active resistance and struggle for liberation demands the energies of women no less than of men as confirmation of the resolve of the South African National Liberation Movement. You're listening to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa. Thanks to Anne Musa for our news uh, update. If you've just joined us, I'm Asanda Matsaunyane, and this is Channel Africa from an African perspective. Remember, you can catch African Dialogue from uh, Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You're also welcome to interact with us. You can do that via Twitter at Channel Africa is our page there. Find us on Facebook, uh, or you can also SMS your views to plus 27796957930. If you want to email us, do so at info at channelafrica.org. And if you're listening to us from America, you can call us on 605-475-1711 at no extra cost. So many ways to get in touch with us there. So today's business, we're talking about President Jacob Zuma's lawyer, Kemp J. Kemp, who has on Thursday admitted that the decision to withdraw 783 charges against his client was irrational. Kemp admitted this at the Supreme Court of Appeal, but he, however, said Zuma requested to make new representations to the National Director of Public Prosecutions. The North Gauteng High Court had ruled in April 2016 that the 2009 decision to withdraw criminal charges against Zuma was irrational. In a staggering about turn on Thursday, President Zuma has asked for a new opportunity to make representations to the National Prosecuting Authority on the hundreds of corruption charges that have haunted him for years. So now President Zuma wants the current NPA head to make a new decision on the 783 corruption charges hanging over his head. To make sense of this and other related matters, we joined on the line by Andre Thomas-Hausen, who is public constitutional and international law expert. Uh, welcome to Channel Africa, Andre. Hey, good morning. Welcome. We'll be joined later by Ulrich Roo as well as Matthews Porsa. But let's start with you, Andre, and maybe just for the interest of our listeners on the African continent who don't really have the background, could you briefly just tell us about the origins of this case of 783 charges against the South African president? Well, it is a very complex matter. And my, my own file directory on my, on my hard drive counts over 300 files. It, it, um, it starts uh, basically in 2003 uh, with accusations um, um, that Zuma had improper dealings with a businessman in his home province, KwaZulu-Natal, 
uh, one Mr. Sheikh, Shabir Sheikh. And it is true, it was then established by investigations and audits that uh, Mr. Sheikh was a generous person. He had a very close friendship with uh, Jacob Zuma, and, um, and he allowed him, for instance, uh, to wash his car at a petrol station where he had an account. Mm. Uh, so each time that he would go and wash his car <clears throat> and have it put on the account of Mr. Sheikh later, uh, turns up as a corruption charge. And there were many other really petty charges like that, a pair of shoes or uh, a meal in a restaurant. So uh, uh, this thing has been dragging on. It became political for the obvious um, uh, reasons of factionalism within the leading liberation movement in South Africa, within the ANC, and those, <clears throat> those factions go back into the origins of the liberation struggle, um, the differences uh, between uh, the, the, the people who lived in exile in London uh, and those who lived in exile in Lusaka and those who belonged to the military wing and to the security uh, organisms of the ANC uh, headed by Jacob Zuma in Swaziland in, in Mozambique. Uh, that is all well documented in history. Mm. Uh, what happens in, 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 as we approach 2008 and the whole debate about succession arises and the, the leadership of Tavon Beki comes under very, very strong attack and scrutiny because of his AIDS denialism, we mustn't forget that he was the person who, who, who refused treatment, available treatment, to hundreds of thousands of South African HIV sufferers who, who died prematurely because of this. So um, there was a very strong move to force him to resign, which in fact he did. And then the deputy president, Motlante, took over in the interim. And um, it was all about the ANC conference in 2008 in Polokwane, who had to decide who will be the next president. Um, so if there had been a candidate with uh, a criminal investigation uh, pending on him, uh, that candidate probably couldn't have been appointed as, as a successor to Tabombeki. So this whole criminal prosecution became highly political. Mm. If the charges were to be continued, were to be upheld, and even lead to an indictment, where Zuma would then have to had to appear before a court uh, as an accused, uh, then he couldn't have been a candidate for president. So eventually, after the head of the National Prosecuting Authority lost his uh, position and an interim head, Mr. Che, was appointed, eventually the National Prosecuting Authority decided to drop the charges. And that has ever since, ever since 2008 and 9, occupied the courts because the opposition parties um, felt that uh, it was untoward, it was irrational, it was to help uh, Jacob Zuma become a president, that the charges were dropped. Uh, but in fact, the truth of it all is the charges were never tested in court. Mm. Uh, evidence was never led on this. And um, Jacob Zuma's big complaint, which also went to court, which was decided by the regional high court by Justice Harms, uh, by, sorry, by Justice Nicholson, mm. um, um, that, that um, also uh, has to be taken into account because Justice Nicholson found uh, that uh, these charges had been hanging over Zuma's head for over two years, and he had never had an opportunity to see them tested in court, to defend himself against them, and therefore these charges were abusive and it was necessary to drop them. Um, then the appeal court uh, ruled otherwise, but we can go into that later. So this is the mm. background. 
and uh, and now we see that finally we're coming again to the Court of Appeal, uh, whether this decision of the National Prosecuting Authority was irrational, and and we now see, and many were surprised, that the defense attorneys for Jacob Zuma uh, dropped their objections and said, fine, okay, we concede that it was an irrational decision, um, and, and now let's finally go to court, and let's finally yeah. test these charges. So many were surprised. But were you surprised, uh, Andre, that you know counsel for the National Prosecuting Authority went to court on Thursday, uh, only to concede that the decision by former NPA head Mukute Dimpshe to discontinue the prosecution was irrational? Well, the NPA didn't have a good case to to rely on because Mche had been appointed in a sort of knee-jerk fashion, and. Um, I think everybody agrees that he wasn't a particularly competent person or, or person really ready to take on such a responsibility. And his decision to drop the charges uh, was found to have plagiarized from from a high court decision in Hong Kong over pages because Che obviously didn't trust his own judgment, his own thoughts enough to simply write them down. Uh, he had to go and, and Google and, and find some nice reasoning in a similar matter decided in Hong Kong, and he just uh, copied and, and pasted that into his decision. So how can you defend that later? Mm. Uh, obviously, he didn't apply his mind correctly, which comes out of this plagiarism, for instance. He didn't use his own reasons. He copied somebody else's reasoning, and that alone could have made the decision uh, very questionable. Um, so probably the MPA decided also to somehow come to a conclusion in this painful saga. It is better to concede that the decision wasn't good and proper. Uh, maybe it was right. That we will have to find out later. But, but it wasn't good and proper. It wasn't properly reasoned. Well, well plagiarization in the media sense, is, it, it carries quite hefty penalties. I mean, for a journalist to plagiarize becomes, you know, it's like you've killed someone. But in the legal fraternity, how it, seriously is this taken? Well, it's very serious. You know, I, 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 I've been teaching law for all my life, and um, every now and then you, you have a student who submits a, a dissertation that has been lifted, that is um, the copy of some other student's uh, dissertation, and the only thing changed is the, is the cover page and the name. And um, that's why we, we use actually sophisticated software these days to make sure that, that it is a student's own work. And, and that actually normally leads to a full charge. It leads to a full charge because of the attempt at fraud, mm. and it leads to, to the students very often uh, being kicked out of, of, of the university not being given a second chance. So, of course, it is serious. Um, in, in South Africa, it is very unfortunately, my view, in, in view of our history, it is so frequent because young South Africans are still culturally extremely insecure. And, and this is uh, the consequence of apartheid education. So they don't trust their own judgment. They don't trust their own thoughts. They think they can't be good enough, so let me rather be somebody else's. And so um, as we are chatting about these things, um, young black South African executives have the highest rate of heart attacks in the world because their stress levels are so extremely high because they're under so much scrutiny and there's like a whole world they're sitting around them watching and hoping that they will make a mistake or that they will fail and she i don't want to fault him she was under immense pressure to come to a decision 
and then to to furnish a well-reasoned and and well-written motivation, and so he plagiarized. You know, so it mm. is it is a sad human uh, thing, and 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 as such, it is not the end of the world. What what is really important, I think, this is why the decision is good, uh, is the finality to actually test those accusations of corruption. Uh, they have never been been proven wrong or right. So then President uh, Zuma's lawyer, Kemp J. Kemp, uh, told a full bench of judges on Thursday that he believed the NPA had made a mistake when it made the decision not to prosecute Zuma. Why then has it taken so long for this matter to be resolved? Judicial proceed- proceedings can drag on. Um, our courts are notoriously overburdened. And, and when there's no particular urgency in a matter, then the matter may hang on there for more urgent things to be resolved first. So it took a while to get here. And um, uh, as, as, uh, as I think Nicholson quite rightly, uh, in his judgment, uh, said um, that, that if, if for years a person is under the threat of prosecution for very serious offenses, serious corruption, but never brought to trial, then this is a severe uh, infringement of, of the human rights of a person. Um, it, it is also an abuse of state power. Uh, we could paralyze anybody by, by suddenly opening an investigation into allegations of, of some criminal conduct and then leave it at that. Um, question a few witnesses here and there, get, uh, get some audit reports um, on this or on that aspect, but basically never charge the person. That cannot be right. And, um, and that is why, why I fundamentally agree with the Nicholson judgment that our principles of administrative justice demand that there must be uh, some finality at some stage. Mm. Um, just imagine you or me being under investigation for years, and whenever you apply for a job, whenever you want credit in a bank, everybody says, oh, but you are under criminal investigation for whatever, um, and you can't clear your name. So it is, it is quite legitimate that, that Zuma, through his counsel, has now moved and said, well, then fine, then charge me, and, and let me finally get my day in court. We are talking here on Channel Africa, this is African Dialogue, talking the decision to withdraw 783 charges against South African President Jacob Zuma and how this has been uh, labelled uh, or viewed as irrational. Uh, this uh, It's 21 minutes past 11 Central African time. We will continue our chat talking to Andre Thomas-Hausen. We also welcome Matthews Paul Sanao, who joins us on the line as South African attorney and politician. Welcome, uh, Matthews. Good morning, sir. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. And uh, we're going to take a break and then come to you, Matthews. But I'd like to also know, you know, whether this vindicates the Democratic Alliance. If maybe you can just ponder on that. Uh, we'll be back after this. I'm Asanda Matzaunyani. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English. Giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We love Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. 
Welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa with me, Asanda Matsaunyane, on this Monday. If you've just joined us, uh, you can uh, catch us every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. So our topic today, talking about President Jacob Zuma's lawyer, uh, Kemp J. Kemp, who has on Thursday admitted that the decision to withdraw 783 charges against President Zuma was irrational. We're speaking to Andre Thomashausen, public constitutional and international law expert, as well as Matthews Porsa, a South African attorney and politician. So, uh, Matthews, as we, before we took the break, I mean, this decision and, uh, you know, Jake, uh, Kemp J. Kemp telling a full bench of judges that he believed the NPA had made a mistake when it decided not to prosecute Zuma. Does this vindicate the Democratic Alliance? Uh, well, f- first of all, it indicates the, the integrity of uh, the advocate because he initially did not argue like that, but now he realized that he made a mistake and I conceded. Mm-hmm. It's on and conceding to the truth and to the facts. The Democratic Alliance was not the only party that called for the charges to be to be to be to be pursued. Many other people did, and I think that in the, in the first line of uh, assault is them, and they were, they are vindicated fairly square. Yeah. So, so who is to carry the costs? I mean, if we talk about now the general South African who's worried and wanting to know who is to carry the cost of this appeal, and in your estimation, how much has all these uh, processes cost? It's been many years. Yeah, it's more than nine years. But the issue of the cost is an issue for the judiciary to decide and the effect before it. It's not for me and you and say to say who must carry the cost. That's a matter to be argued in court. You hear to be argued. If we were to argue it now and debate it now, what, what would we say, we'd be saying? It matters of judicature. I'm a lawyer. Let the, let the advocates argue this matter. Let the, the, the justices decide on the matter. Andre, what, uh, if we're talking about an estimation of how much this could cost and all these processes, what would we be looking at, just roughly? Oh, it's so difficult to estimate. Um, uh, certainly many millions of rands because... Uh, Senior counsels these days are expensive. They go up to 80,000 rand a day, and there's several of them on each side. So um, that, I, I think that's not a crucial argument. It is really important that, uh, that justice must be done and that, that the, the good reputation of South Africa as a rule-of-law country is reaffirmed and reestablished for everyone to see. And, and it is actually a very, uh, a very fundamentally democratic decision of the South African Constitution not to grant blanket immunity to a state president. Our state president can be prosecuted, and um, he is not immune. Um, so if, if, uh, if the NPA now decides that they actually have enough evidence, because that is the next step that must now happen, the NPA must re-examine all those files and all uh, the facts before them, uh, to conclude, yes, this is um, this is strong enough. And then they must indict him, and, and then there must be a trial. And in the trial, there will of course be, be many defense counsels, and um, and one will finally, maybe finally, learn the truth. The the core of the whole accusation is about a loan. If I remember correctly, it was a loan for two million rand. Um, and there are there are many many aspects of that. Uh, transfer of money of that transaction actually involving the Nelson Mandela uh, Children's Fund. Um, so there are many aspects that that maybe uh, very many people in South Africa would not like to uh, to see come out in the open. Mm. Um, but um, but it is better. It is better for our good standing as a rule of law country that finally these charges uh, should be brought to an indictment 
and that then we can we can I have great faith in the criminal trial in South Africa because the uh, the defense and the prosecution are, are on uh, on, a, on an equal um, footing and and it's very difficult to hide the truth in such a trial. Hmm. Uh, Matthew, uh, so can, can, I, can I just come in? Yes, let's, go ahead. This in let's make it simple to the point. The issue, of course, is a matter which will be argued before the court, and the, the judges will decide on that matter. So whatever we say, we're guessing, we're speculating, but there's a, well, my point of principle is there's been abuse of state funds to fund this nonsense. That's all I can say for, my, for now, and shouldn't happen. To, yes, the matter is now before the NPA, and the process is as follows. The NPA must receive submissions from Camp and his team on behalf of Zuma. Why the charges must not proceed, because that's what they will argue. And of course, NPA must apply its mind, and having done so, the NPA must decide whether they prosecute or not. And if, if you move from that point, if they don't prosecute, the DA or anyone could come and say, if you're not prosecuting, give me a certificate of nolly prosecute, meaning I don't want to prosecute. Then those, you know, the private prosecution will start in earnest, and it will be very messy for the president. If they decide to prosecute, half of the charges, the same thing will happen. The DA or any other citizen will bring a request for a nolly prosecution on the remaining charges, and then they'll prosecute privately. If they decide to, char- to charge him for the whole charges, for me it will be the best scenario. He'll have his day in court, he'll be either found guilty or not found guilty, and he doesn't have into going to retirement with the sort of democracy having on his, over his head. That is the process forward. So what could the uh, President Zuma's team possibly argue to redeem this case in his favor? I mean, we, I know it's a legal matter and we're not in their heads, but what could they possibly be, be saying to argue? Well, they will have to convince uh, NPA that uh, prima facie there's no case on the 700 whatever number. So they must argue that. How they're going to do it, I don't know. I don't know. So this, this, you can only speculate, and I don't like speculating, I like to do facts. Andre, wouldn't you say this is yet another delay for justice than to be served in this matter? Well, it is interesting that in the in the submissions to the Nicholson judgment, uh, Zuma's principal argument was that he hadn't been heard, that he hadn't been given the opportunity um, to to comment on each and every one of these accusations, and um, and so this this has always been at, at a central point. Um, well, how he will now factually defend um, the the charges, um, that is going to be a huge job for Kemp Kemp, if it is him who will do it. Um, it, uh, it is not easy, because each one of the charges obviously can, um, can require answers running into many, many pages with many annexes, with many documentary, uh, with much documentary evidence, and obviously, obviously witnesses will again have to be heard. Shabir Shaikh is a crucial witness in this, and, and many others. So um, that is um, that is the the dark future that hangs over Zuma. Um, it will it will certainly keep him busy um, during the first years of his retirement, and it can it can also lead to a very bitter ending of his of his uh, political career. Um, but um, but then this is the way that this uh, matter has evolved. Um, the NPA and many others involved have managed to drag it out well into the second term of the president, very close to the end of this term. 
and um, I, I, as uh, as my former chairman and vice chancellor, Matthews, just said, I, uh, um, I, I think it is inevitable that this prosecution will have to go ahead one way or another. We're going to take another short break. This is African Dialogue here on Channel Africa. I'm Asanda Mazzaunyani. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa, najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre du Soleil. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika, mu África! Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. It's 11.31 Central African time. Welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa. My name is Asanda Mazzaunyane, talking about President Jacob Zuma's lawyer, Kemp, Jay Kemp, who has on Thursday admitted that the decision to withdraw 783 charges against uh, President Zuma was irrational. We're talking to Andre Thomashausen and Matthews Posa. Uh, let me uh, pose this one to you, Matthews. In terms of the ANC elective conference in December, how does this all impact on it? Let, let, let's, let's stop being legalistic now. Let's be political. In terms of <coughs> the credibility of South Africa, in the eyes of the world, the justice system is grinding positively, and I'm happy with that. Mm. But in terms of the ANC, the dignity of the ANC and its integrity is at stake here. Because to have your own president and the president of South Africa facing charges or possible charges and staying in office is not a healthy situation. And I'm bringing this argument because politically, Zuma's hanging trials are expensive for South Africa, expensive for the ANC. And this is a moment for the NEC to take a very serious decision about what they want to do with him as a person. From where I'm sitting now, I don't think we should wait for a court to, de- to tell them po- what, the, what political decision they should take. For me, I would think there's integrity now for the NEC to say, Mr. President, you are expensive for the NEC, you are expensive for the country. Is it not time that you walk on your own and just step down? Face this charge day away from the NEC, away from the, uh, the office of president of South Africa. For the image of a president of South Africa facing criminal charges, it's a bad image. And it plays itself into the conference, not that it's an issue for the conference, but our integrity as an organization is at stake. Mm. Our integrity as a country is at stake. So this is a big issue away from the legalism. Can we read into the, you know, the, the recent provincial complaints of irregularities when it comes to the Northwest, in, the ANC Northwest and uh, the ANC in the Eastern Cape and before that, the KZN conference, which was declared unlawful and void. Can we read that as being a part of a, an effect of the fact that you're saying the dignity of the ANC is at stake? And when it comes to the ANC elective conference in December? 
Yeah, it is. If, if you look at the, both uh, three examples you have mentioned, it's about the ANC not respecting its own constitution. And there's a pattern. Last year or so, the judges said the president did not respect the constitution. He did not honor his oath of office. So this 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 laser sphere about constitution is not only about the constitution of the country, but also the constitution of the ANC. He wants to do as he pleases. And then he got court, court rules against him. Andre, what does all this mean for the ANC in general, especially as the, the ruling party of the country? Just to add to what Matthews is saying there. Well, I I still work a lot in Europe and, and, and interact act a lot with colleagues there and also politicians and sometimes governments. Um, I, I, I think the world is a little bit more generous towards South Africa than, than the South Africans think. Um, the world actually admires the, the genuinity and the intensity and, and the strength of the political debate and political pluralism in this country. There are hardly any countries in the world that will not grant uh, a president full and total immunity from any prosecution. Um, these things could never happen in Angola or in United Arab Emirates or in Germany or in France. Uh, you cannot uh, try and prosecute a president while he's, while he's holding office. Um, and likewise, I, I remember not long ago there were some young women um, demonstrating um, and, and recalling the name of Crazy, who was the, the rape victim, mm. uh, the alleged rape victim of, of Jacob Zuma, uh, in front of him, in a, in a public, big public space where Zuma was holding a speech. Just imagine that anybody had tried to do that in Saudi Arabia or in, yeah. uh, or in Angola or... Uh, even in America, they would have been dragged by their hands and feet and probably would have disappeared. So South Africa still has very strong institutions. We have a very strong and, and genuine sense of, of democracy and of fundamental rights. Um, and, and we fight these things out. We fight them out in the open. Um, whether Zuma should resign now, probably the honorable thing to do. Uh, but there's, um, there are other practicalities, because what happens if he resigns now? Um, the way that would happen would normally trigger early elections, and, and I doubt that the ANC is ready for early elections. I'm, I'm a little bit down. No, it, 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 Prof, it won't. What happened, is if you look at the Constitution closely, the Deputy President will assume uh, acting position immediately. I mean, the Speaker. The Speaker will take the President's position. And then it's called Parliament, and in Parliament they elect the president. That's how it works. Simple. Yeah, if 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 he mm-hmm. resigns, if 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 you have to kick him yeah. out with another sort of no confidence, then we have to have early elections. Yeah. No. Well, uh, last time back when he left office, that's what happened. The speaker took over, and they called on the National Assembly to choose a president, and then Khalima Mutadi was made acting president for six months. That's what happened, and that is in line with our constitution. Yeah, and how will Parliament, how will that ANC Congress <laughs> agree on, on, on uh, finding the necessary majority for a new um, interim president? Yeah, it would definitely very be a very well, interesting one. Interesting well, that, 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 it would be interesting one, but I think one of the candidates will win from the ANC ranks. Hmm. Well, yeah, can, can I, I, I hear, I hear a, a cynical voice which says, well, this is the way to put Wuzi Maimani into power. Okay, well, let's come back to this particular uh, uh, discussion. And what's the next way forward? Uh, let me start with you, Matthews. The, next, the way forward is that justice must... I've explained to you what are the options for Abraham, who I don't trust very much myself, 
because of the manner in which he has been very flip-flopping around private cases and other cases. But that he must rise to the occasion and hold the bull by the horns and bring this matter before court. Well, that's the only way this matter will reach finality. The president, this this thing will never go away. It will never go away unless it goes to court. Uh, your views, Andre? Yes, it has to go to court. Unfortunately, there is no other way for us also to live uh, uh, at peace with each other because uh, it mm. has yeah. to do with the arms deal. The arms deal was the original sin of, of the independent South Africa. It was the first time <laughs> that high-level corruption uh, became became so widespread. A key person in that arms deal later became a key person in enabling the Gupta corruption uh, from Solomana. So it's, it's, it's time... Uh, for some findings and for some finality on this issue. Can the Supreme Court of Appeal overstep the boundaries of the NPA powers uh, to order what the prosecuting authority ought to do in this case? Now, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't think the court can uh, can um, use its own discretion to substitute the discretion that the NPA has to exercise um, if the NPA refuses to prosecute, well, that can be taken on judicial review again. And if it is found to be, again, irrational, um, we will uh, hopefully not, but we will then see a repetition of what we had just now. Uh, Matthews, you are uh, having a reaction there. Uh, do you want to add? No, I think the matter must go to court, and that, that's the only way it's going to end up. Any dilly-dallying yeah. and delaying tactics will not sell. The matter will never go away. Okay. Well, let's leave it on that note. And thank you so much again to the both of you gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Prof. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Right. Big uh, greetings. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Andre Thomashausen is public constitutional and international law expert that you heard there, as well as Matthews Poza, a South African attorney and politician. Stay with us here on African Dialogue. We're going to play you the tune by Stimela now. And guess what this is titled? Unfinished Story. So take a listen. Read all about it In the bad news It's a story The unfinished story It's all about this band That has a dream A people A people
your story My story Our story Unfinished story. 